and welcome to Marketing Without the Marketing. I'm your host, Michael Bosey. Really glad that you could join me. Now, as I mentioned in last week's episode, I just started teaching again uh, in my course at Emerson College. Uh, Just started a new term with a fresh set of new students. It was great to meet them last week, and I think it's going to be a really fantastic term. Uh, Great ideas, great energy, and a lot of promise there. So... Now, I've been thinking a lot about how content strategy is about producing nonfiction content and how producing nonfiction is actually teaching. Uh, you know, when you get right down to it, that's true, isn't it? Right? You're, you're, you're trying to educate your customers, uh, and that makes you an educator, a teacher. So I thought that this week I'd share a little bit more about how teaching can apply to you in running your own small business and especially in running a content strategy for your small business. Now, Here's what spurred this. Emerson College asks that all of their instructors produce a statement of their teaching philosophy, and I thought I'd share some of that with you today. Now, if you're setting out to teach your customers about you and your business, then maybe this could be of some use to you. You might need to sort of connect the dots on some of this. Um, I, I won't be able to draw all the conclusions for you, but... but here's the thing. As I was looking at this and the way that I am in the classroom is the way that I am in teaching my clients, and it's the way that I am in running my own content strategy. So, I mean, that probably won't surprise you at all to learn that a lot of my teaching philosophy is pretty much the same as my philosophy about content strategy. Now, if you haven't listened to last week's episode, maybe you don't know what my course is about. Um, I left a link in the show notes for your convenience if you want to go back and listen, but in short, my course is a project-based grad-level course all about using content strategy to build an audience. Now, I designed this course to be a live project. In other words, the students will be building something throughout the term. And the format of this course itself says a lot about my priorities. But when I look at this from a top level, there are some overarching principles and philosophies to, to the way that I teach. And I see four major themes, I guess, which are experience, generosity, collaboration, and strategy. So let me go over these and how they might apply to you. Let's start with experience. Now, I believe that students learn by doing, which is why I structured my course as this you know, live project. Content strategy is incredibly dynamic. It's changing all the time. Um, the only way to learn the nuances of how to write and create for a digital audience is to do it. And as you know, I work with clients all the time. I'm a practitioner. I actually use this stuff. I actually teach the strategies, tactics, methods that I use uh, every day. I'm constantly learning it myself. And here's the thing. A philosophy and these guiding principles will only serve as a foundation for you, right? The real work lies in rolling up the sleeves and doing real work with a real audience. And the same thing applies in the business world, right? What works today won't necessarily work tomorrow, which is why the very concept of a five-year plan or whatever is just, it's kind of laughable to me, right? We used to do this when I was at big companies. And even though it's a good exercise, you know, which way are you pointing the ship, uh, in today's world, your plan changes after the very first step that you take, right? So how do you prepare for that? And more importantly, or at least in the, the, through the, the lens that I look through, you know, how do you produce your content with that in mind? All right, so next is generosity. 
Now, I believe that students learn by teaching. So each student's course project centers around teaching some skill or something that they know really well to someone else. So I turn them into teachers of their own audience, um, which was largely the topic of last week's episode. Now, I want them to give very generously of themselves, right, to take this thing that they know well and to teach it to others. So I want them to get in the habit of providing genuine value to an audience, which is a hallmark of any good content strategy. And in fact, look, if it's not useful to others, the content strategy is not going to work. If you've got an average product, average message, whatever, this thing's not going to travel. It's not going to work. So everything that you do has to be in service to others. And I want my students to walk away not only understanding that, but knowing how to do that as well. And this gets right to what you do every day, right? If you're not providing value to your customers, you don't have a business, period. It's really that simple, right? And we, as small business owners, we live to serve. And that's what you do when you first hang your shingle and when you first open your doors to your your customers for the first time, right? It's also what you should be doing in your content strategy as well. You're giving away your expertise for free so that you can earn the trust of an audience, be seen as an authority, and ultimately, if if you're successful in that, you get the permission to ask for the sale. Now, next up is collaboration. Now, this might be more obvious in the classroom than it is in the business world, but I believe that students learn by collaborating, which is why I have them continuously reading and reviewing each other's work, and I want to to see them interacting, helping one another and creating, uh, distributing, deploying, uh, and then measuring the performance of their content. I want them all to be very supportive of one another, to feel like they can be open about what they're learning, including talking about the things that didn't work too, right? Because failure is an important part of the learning process. So I want to, in in my class, to make this a very, you know, safe space to experience those setbacks without judgment. Now think of your own business. Do you see it as a collaboration between you and your customers? And if not, why not? Right? You want to make them feel like they're a part of what you do, and especially those early adopters. And this is one of those things that small businesses, you know, we have the advantage over the big companies with this because we can lean into our customers. We can be closer to them. And if you can make them feel like they're not just important as customers, but that they're actively contributing something to your business, now they're invested And being invested is way better than being just a customer. And why is that? Because having a stake in it means that they might advocate for you. And as I've said before, earning an advocate is way more valuable than earning a customer. And in point of fact, Rob Fugetta, in his book, Brand Advocates, a book that I assign as required reading in my class, can actually quantify the value of an advocate. His research shows... Uh, that a word-of-mouth recommendation from an advocate, given willingly, not incentivized, is worth five times the value of a regular customer. So think about that for a second. A 5x multiplier, that would be a huge boost in scaling your business, wouldn't it? Pretty cool stuff. Okay, so lastly, uh, their strategy. Now, this is an important point to underscore because a lot of prospective clients come to me thinking that they want to do 
content marketing or social media marketing sort of in a vacuum, right? That's what they ask for. That's the language that they use. Can you help me do social media marketing? And what I tell them at that point is that, you know, I'm not going to take a client and just do social media marketing in isolation because look, content marketing, social media, both of these things are absolutely worthless if they don't have a strategy behind them. And that's content strategy. And that strategy involves not just a plan, but also a rubric for how to respond to this dynamic environment, a content strategy. This is the stuff that's really fun for me, but it's got to be all backed by a plan and a direction and then some tactics uh, wound around that. Now, in the classroom, I believe that students learn by experimentation, which is why I want them how to, you know, to do this uh, live project and treat it like an experiment, right? It's going to be dynamic. It's going to be agile. It's going to be iterative. I want them to learn how to conduct research, how to observe, assess, adjust, And I want them also to see, because this is the same as in the business world, that there's no one right answer. I want to see them demonstrate that they can think strategically, right? That they can come up with a hypothesis, execute a plan, measure the results, and then respond in iteration, right? And this cycle in practice, I mean, look, that's just good project management. And that skill is going to apply way more broadly than just in my classroom. Now, one of my favorite quotes about this is, if you're not measuring, you're not marketing. Now, I first heard it from Dan Taylor of The Next Web, though I don't think that he accepts that attribution, actually. But um, let me leave a link in the show notes so you can, uh, so you can see that. But I, you know, I fully believe in that. I just think that's absolutely true. Uh, you got to measure what you're, you're, you're doing, right? You got to know what your strategy is, set the appropriate metrics, and then measure the right contributing factors. Know... Vanity metrics, as Eric Reese says in The Lean Startup. Just look at the things that actually move the needle on your goals. Now, I hope that you find all this to be helpful. I mean, you know, teaching your customers uh, can be really, really valuable because you allow them to get there to a decision on their own. And, you know, when that happens, when they finally make a purchase decision, they think it's their idea because it is. And sure, you've influenced them, right? That's marketing. But when it's their idea, Psychology 101 says that they will defend their idea, right? No one likes to be wrong. It causes discomfort, all of that. It's, it cements the decision. I mean, think about the last time you purchased something, especially something that you might consider to be a big decision, right? You do everything you can after the fact to justify or rationalize the purchase. And look, this is just psychology. It's not good or bad. But if you have a customer doing this for you instead, it can be amazing for your business. All right. So as always, I really appreciate you and your attention. You know, when I think... You know, you can spend your time doing a whole bunch of things, but you choose to spend a little time listening to me. It's um, it's it's kind of humbling. So I really appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll see you next week.